Hi, I'm Ben Rizzuto, wealth strategist at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of futures. At Janice Henderson, we are committed to helping you invest in a brighter future for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures are down in front of a packed session. Four Fed speakers today, including Powell. CNBC's delivering Alpha Conference and EcoData. As uh, Joe said, 10-year yield 467 is a fresh cycle high. Our roadmap begins with investors on edge. Stocks searching for some direction into these final trading days of what is shaping up to be a weak month and quarter. Micron shares are under pressure this morning after it offered weaker-than-expected earnings guidance for the current quarter. CEO Sanjay Marotra is going to join us exclusively. That'll be later this hour. And GameStop shares, they're rallying sharply ahead of the open. The company names Ryan Cohen as CEO, effective immediately. Let's begin with the markets. We mentioned what the uh, yields are doing today, Jim. We're getting your, your steepener, twos, tens yeah, within th- 50 basis points. Thought. Yeah, this is I, I, I said that we would have the D inversion and that you couldn't really be excited about the stock market until the until the 20 year, which is at four point one of the not on the runs is now a five four point nine eight uh, crosses over the Fed funds rate. And that would be the beginning of what I think you could finally say this market is getting interesting. And until it's you can buy a little bit because it's oversold. But that is, I think, going to happen. We can't seem to find any supply of oil. Between here and 100, at 100, we're supposed to be able to bring out some supply, according to the technicians I talked to, and to the oil companies. But I don't want to give up here because this run has been so quick that it needs almost to consolidate. So here's what I've come up with. We're going to have a test, I believe. Actually, know the time, but 142 to 143. uh, That's when we bottomed yesterday at PM. Oh, you mean time of day? Yes. Actual time of day. no, I just like I dreamed that was yesterday. Up. You're saying I got up at three o'clock to get this stuff right. Of course, the dog relieved himself because he thought it was time to go outside in the bed. No, yeah, that's yep, a little uh, too we, much information. It's, it's, it happens. TMI, my friend. It's uh, a it, should, it should not happen. That it's should not happen. Sorry. Okay, no, it was bad. So here's. Can I just go back to what I was doing? Yes. All right. So, um, Bell. Oh no, it's your mother's <laughs> home. It was yesterday. That's one um, time. So what happens is that you can't get bullish until we retest those levels. Uh, and I didn't like the fact that the futures bounce from between 4 and, and 5.30. That's just a fake out. You can't buy the top. You, have to, you can't buy up. You have to see if that was a natural level that hold and the sell, sellers really stopped. Uh, otherwise, you're just coming in based on the fact that October is usually strong after a week September, but it's not October yet. So that's what I'm looking at. I want to see a retest of the low. And, David, I've got to tell you, this is a very technically driven market. So when oil spiked yesterday, then the bonds went, yields went up, and then the market went down. And then with yields going higher and oil going higher, the stock market went higher. That has not occurred. Mm -hmm. So that told me that maybe the capitulation is finally at hand. But we have to see it again. We can't just say, hey, you know what? We're off to the races. We have to go back to that level and find out what the heck happened. And the levels, just so people have them, if you want to check those who want to play at home, SPX hit bottom at 4238.63. 
That was at 1.41 p.m. An NDX composite hit bottom at 14.433.60, and that was at 1.40 p.m. So those are your two levels, and if those hold, then I think that it might be a fun time. And I'll get I'll give Wagovi for all. Oh yeah, well, we've got to talk about Wagovi. Why not? We'll talk about it a bit later. But Do you see Hershey stocks since Wagovi? Yeah. Why wouldn't I want to just own? I mean, I'm ready to take ten year money now. Get paid for well, okay. four, six, once again for the next ten years. Thank again. you very much. Okay. That is a yield that I could not have even imagined would be available to me as little as a couple of years ago. Okay. So let's say you were in that booth next to Jen Sen Wang, and you were ordering the Grand Slam, which was one of the great bargains from Denny's. And he talked about it, and you were listening, and he's got this vision. Would you say, you know what, I'm hearing this guy, but I'm getting 5.0 risk-free. Well, no, I don't want 5.0 risk-free. I want, I want NVIDIA. Understood. And a there lot of our viewers, going to by be, the way. There are always going to be great opportunities. Uh, and if you can take advantage of them, good for you. So that's that said, of, uh, a that's certain my, amount of my allocation is going to go towards the, this this. Class. But the Thank dollar you. sign represented by a man is saying that our viewers want more than 4.76. They don't get up in the morning and say, you know what? That's going to make up for how much money I have to spend when I go to Bloomingdale's. They want to get rich. And I do not, unlike Sean Fain, who's the, the head of UAW, which seems to want to make everybody poor by the way he's doing this thing. I actually want more people to be rich. I don't want the rich to be poor. I don't want the, the rich are not Kulaks and I'm not Lenin, even though a lot of people confuse me with Lenin. Yes, they do. I actually think that what we want is more people who are rich, and that's the problem with the. If you want to stay rich, you buy the 20 year. Because you only need to get rich once. But if you want to get rich, the 20 year is a passing fancy. Right, but a lot of rich people actually do have the money right now. Yeah, but see, the, the demo of rich people is, is tiny. Well, you got a lot of boomers on the cusp of retiring. They they might want to take a pass on NVIDIA and lock it in. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's always going to be people who say, you know what, I'd rather be rich than not rich. No, but with the prospect of inflation actually coming down and that yield being available to me for the coming nine, ten years. What is that? And being rich already and maybe facing a, some sort of a fixed income and or living off that fixed income might not be the worst thing in the world. If I were a poor man, da, 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 da. I mean, what do you like? What is it like? By the way, these are not sunrise, sunset on your portfolio. <laughs> these are not mutually exclusive things. You no. can obviously do both. You can buy Nvidia and this, but the point is, That's how many people are going to be allocating, or perhaps not interested in allocating towards the stock market when they have an opportunity like okay, that? Okay, so that, I think you raise a great point. What I would say is, this is one of those moments, a balanced moment where you should commit some to that. And I've not been in favor of committing some bonds. But that does not mean to the exclusion of finding uh, the next Tesla, the hunt for the next Tesla, a stock that doesn't go down even when the information, you know, when the news is bad. I just think that everyone should have a mixture. And I'm not trying to get viewers. I mean, you're either watching or not. I mean, I'm not bringing in new viewers by saying this stuff. It's like, hey, did your Kramer you actually wants to help people make money? No. But I'm saying that you have to allocate some to that, but you also want... Uh, they're not flyers. Well, Nvidia's not a flyer. It's also everything that's based off of that. So I mean, corporates is spread to that. I, mean, I can get a really good corporate. For, can you get the geo? Five percent geo. High yield. That's two days in a row now of geo. Well, because references. that's that is the holy grail if you're in a high tax state, is to have a lot of 5.0 geos. Right. Um, and as far as levels go, 200 days, about 4,200. Do you think we need to go that far? Yeah. Goldman today takes a crack at what happens when you do dip below uh, on a three, six, nine, 12-month basis oh, forward. I'm, I'm betting it holds. I mean, I think we have to have a view. You either have to have a view that it holds 
or that you got to even put more money in the, in the 10 year, in the 20 year. I mean, at a certain point, you have to, have to make a stand. And I, I really do. I think you have to make a stand. And this, this is an historic run in treasuries, historic quick run in oil. If one thing goes right, one thing. Now, Matthew Boss has a piece this morning from JP Morgan. And, you know, I, don't, I suggest that you take weight, remove your shoelaces, get rid of your tie. Because is that this bad? Is, yo, this is like the apocalypse. But the retail apocalypse? For, for two thirds of the people in this country, well, for three fifths of the people in the country, people are, you know, you got student loan, that's the CARES Act. Mm-hmm. They don't care anymore. Uh, you have the, the big five of, of the, your, your energy, of, of all the things that you have to spend money on, uh, interest charges, they're all up. So a huge percent. We're now, like 2019 was a halcyon period versus now with 20% rates on the credit cards that I know wow. you've. All right. But that said, there are signs of inflation starting to abate. In fact, you, you talked to Costco last night. Why isn't no. that a positive? And, to the, and I, meanwhile... Uh, I mean, Sarah comes on every day and talks about the deficit and talks about supply issues. Maybe they're real when it comes to the bond market. Well, Maybe that's are, actually contributing here. There's, but there's there are supply, signs that inflation is No, I think that – do we have any sound from Craig Jelinek, the CEO of Costco, which, by the way, is the third of the big three retailers in this country, Amazon and Walmart? I think we have him talking to you about shrink. Is that interesting to you? Uh, you know, you don't – the shrink there is like you can't – There isn't any much. But, well, let me give you the shrink. I think it's kind of intimating that sometimes you put the toilet paper underneath the cart and you forget. And other times you're trying to uh, get the watermelon. That's – he said the watermelon's the big issue on the self-check. And you know how, like, the watermelon's hard on self-check? You're like, they don't grease it. What? That's – well, you said the watermelon was one of the things that are shrunk. Got it's it. a shrink. All right. Well, they're not losing but, that much money if they're if some water. No, they're not are actually. Out uh, no, but unaccompanied. Yeah, yeah, inflation went from three four from the previous quarter now to two one. So there's inflation turning. In, I. Why do you think I said make a stand? Because of that. Because I think that we're coming to a level where if we get more unemployment, now we're back to the high 18 month high in unemployment. You get a little more unemployment. You get a little more uh, default especially with student loan, uh, and you get more deflation, and Costco said it's across the board, uh, then Jay Powell could cut. But remember, as Sarah would tell you, it's the market, it's the 10 and 20-year supply. It's not Jay Powell. Right. But I do think that you can make a stand. I really do. And we're going to do that for the club. There's a, there's a good piece this morning uh, about T. Rowe shorting treasuries, and their argument is that typically in a cycle, you will see the 10-year get close to the terminal rate. And if the terminals are going to be 5.5, five, why shouldn't the 10-year go to 5.5? Five, five? Well, I, I think it does go to 5.5, five, five, I think. But the, the short you position do. is the largest on record for the 10-year. And I don't want to be part of that crowd. Largest on record. Do you want to say, oh, I'll just go with those people? Largest on record is usually wrong. Right? Yes. You have to play contrary to that. Okay. But well, you, no, but I've you said, also said just now you think it could go to 5.5. Five. No, I said that it will de-invert. Remember when everyone said it was going to invert, that means a recession. I said that those people are Mountbanks and Charlottes. They turned out to be Mountbanks and Charlottes, but you still see them on air. I think they should be wearing placards which says I got the whole thing wrong. And now we're about to de-invert. Now suddenly that's bad too? Well, the scary no. thing, to David's point, is what if data does start to roll and it, and it, it gets weak and the issues about supply and Japan yield curve and deficits and downgrades keep the long end high. That would be. Well, I think that what you have to do is say that that all those things are going to cause the Fed to take the lower end, take the short end down. 
uh, look, that's the disaster scenario. That, but I would then come back and say there were four times between 1980 and 19, don't you dare give me this 2000 year, 1980 and 1998, where you made money exactly in that situation. Rising rates, quick rising rates, going from five to seven, and you made money in those. So there are four times historically. So why should I say, therefore, game off? I can't because I traded in periods where you made money. I think Sarah could be right and you could make money. By the way, it wasn't even that hard. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm looking at something. What are you looking at? I'm looking up something for the next block. I wanted to make sure I got a new. I did chat GPT on how people felt about you. The new stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Didn't go well. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Because I was thinking about things that might fuel. I was thinking, oh, the internet bubble. Oh, technology. Oh, we have an AI. Well, you do have to get now, out. And you I'm, do have to get out. I want to make sure when, you know, but, they added, obviously, voice and image to ChatGPT, but they've also added a lot more in terms of the rise of okay. the internet with no longer limited to info from 2021. That's not unimportant. No. I had Amazon's down again. Jeez. Thank you, Lena Khan. You know, Lena Khan, it's Lena Khan versus Shrink. Right? I mean, Amazon's got no shrink, right? Does that figure into her negative, her Rockefeller thesis? Standard oil number two? I don't know. Who what did she write in her first? Who was the great journalist who kept coming after her? Tarbell. Yes. Anna Tarbell. She's kind of like Anna Tarbell. You know, I'm interested in seeing what she did in her first year of law school. This <laughs> second year was really extraordinary. Third year, I killed it. I bought a lot of calls on the Gulf deal. I crushed it. What did she do in her third year? I had Phil Reed at an antitrust, and I said, is this deal going to pass? He goes, oh, did she write the Amazon thing in her second year? I think it was, I don't 2017. Know. Yeah. But, I mean, I, she must have been top flight. But who made money on antitrust, her or me? And I know who did, believe me. I don't know what she made. She probably, you know. Jim's right. We got a lot to get to this morning. We'll get to Micron, talk about some of the obesity drugs this morning. There's Meta, Workday, Apple, the airlines, GameStop. Jeez. Oh, when we come right back. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. New evidence that demand for obesity and diabetes drugs is skyrocketing. According to analytics firm Trillion Health, prescriptions for Ozempic, Wegovy, and similar meds topped 9 million during the last three months of 2022, and on a quarterly basis are up 300% in less than three years. Shares of Novo, the maker of Ozempic and Wegovy, up more than 35% this year. Lilly, of course, makes Monjaro, has surged by almost 50%. Uh, our, one of our uh, good look here, at the, at the demand at least. Yeah, I mean, look, when you look at Nova Nordisk, they were first with Wagobi. They do not have any capacity to speak of coming on. Uh, Eli Lilly does. 
with uh, Moderno and, and enough capacity that they can actually meet the demand, which is why the trust owns a huge amount of Eli Lilly. I will say that the studies that are going on are far wider than obesity and far wider than diabetes, and they include those who are considered heavy drinkers, which is two drinks a night. Uh, there will be studies on smoking. Uh, there will be studies on, uh, on, on uh, for what RestMed currently does with a C C P COPD. Now, the one thing I think people have to recognize is the insurance companies, I think, are going to end up paying for it because it is so revolutionary and gets your blood pressure down to a level that other people can't get down otherwise. And, of course, it has the benefits that people look thinner. The downside is very interesting. The downside is all the stuff that you liked, you don't. That's, the, so, that's the, the, the closer, the nearer term. Not right. So the question is, is, you take a look at the chart of Hershey's. I don't know if we have the chart of Hershey's. This is a chart of Wagovi and Majorno upside down. Uh, there's a note this morning. I think the analysts are really way behind on this. There's a piece about Nestle's, and they're like saying that people are eating less, uh, they're wasting less, they're eating more at home. No, 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 no. The people are taking Wagovi. I mean, Jesus. Like the, there's a, a sense of unworldliness among the snack food people who never saw that, it, that, you, that you can't eat one. Not um, just one, but one. Yeah, no. It's the impact of these drugs we My have man. yet to fully... Appreciate. By the way, I mean, again, there are there are certain things. Listen, there are side effects. Older people, when you lose 26% of your body weight in a year, or, you know, one-third of your weight loss is muscle mass. Well, that's not good. They have a new one that's going to just attack. You have to be careful the, there. Fat. But you're um, right. Longer-term impact, we still don't know. No. You know, t perhaps takes longer to digest the food, which obviously is one reason why you don't have the increased appetite, but there could be some negative side effects from that. But again, overall... These are seen as revolutionary. We have a look. We have uh, an studies will continue. Obesity epidemic in the country, and this DLP is contrary ones. to the obesity epidemic. And the people who are obese are very bad risks when it comes to insurance. So they will want to do this. And there is a constraint. It's not. There's not enough right on the marketplace. But I think they'll be separated between people who are actually needing it because of medical, and people who are uh, trying to just lose weight. Uh, the latter is always there's a vanity issue, but there's a real health crisis here that's that's met because there are a lot of drugs. Yeah, but the vanity that gain issue. Wait for you. The vanity issue is fueling a lot of the sales right now. Yes, and it can tend towards people who have the ability, the the excess income to be able to afford these, In as opposed to the broader population. No doubt there about would be it. Bigger health benefits. There, there will also be people. Weight. There will also be people who say, you know what, I've lost all enjoyment in eating, and there's going to be a big backlash. I mean, if you eat an M and M and you like them, you'll just say, this is like eating cold. I don't want it. I can't imagine that. That's, that's a bad a Hershey bar? I'm just a Hershey gonna, bar's like uh, cardboard. Um, I'm going to keep exercising. Well, let me have some shirt cords. I'm just going right to keep exercising. The people who, the, the real use for it is people who take drugs, oh, this is the non-diabetes, people who take drugs that cause weight gain. Biggest, dr Sch biggest, drugs, biggest drugs. drugs in the world will these become, this class? Oh, I've been saying this by far. Yeah. They, by far, the way, you pass your, your mirror. But it, you have to understand that many drugs cause weight gain. So they want you immediately sure, on these sure. in order to keep you from gaining weight. Uh, fascinating chapter that we're just getting our, our arms around. Uh, Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell coming up in a couple of minutes. One last look at the pre-market here as we kick off a very busy Thursday. Don't go anywhere. Every day. Thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. 
like Olusheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. All right, let's get to a mad dash. Got an opening bell seven minutes from now. We're standing for the first time this yes, week. Yes, it feels great, though, Steve. I, when you talk TJX, which you're going to, I always like to refer to the market cap. I'll let people at home take a guess before we tell them. I don't think it's up here. Good luck with the buy. Tell us what you know. All right, so Matt Boss has read, wrote a piece from J.P. Morgan, probably one of the most passed-around pieces I've ever seen. And it's a very lengthy piece about how the consumer is just the lower-end consumer, which is a big part of the country, is really, they're just taking it to the consumer. Whether it be the student loan, whether it be uh, gas, whether it be the insurance, whether it be the uh, financing charges. And so they're trading down. So where are they trading down to? TJX. A uh, little bit raw, uh, raw stores, a little bit uh, Burlington. But I think the TJX comes out as by far the winner in this piece. We, one of the reasons why we have such big position TGX is because of Matt Boss's work. Right. And the macro headwinds are mounting versus 2019. The antidote is this. Now, when you speak to retailers, they're very envious of these guys because a lot of people dump off their uh, very good merchandise to TGX. But they also go to TGX, and it's just, they like are shocked themselves at the price of the merchandise. So I, mean, I, I think people should buy this stuff. We always kid about, I, and I don't shop, except I do go to this TJ Maxx right here. Team. There's one it's 100 a feet away. Uh, and killer. the answer is 100 billion. 100 billion. And it deserves to be higher. Twice the size of Target. They, they've got home goods, uh, which is a terrific. Now, by the way, just want to be very clear. If you do want to get the Thanksgiving plates, which I use, mm. you've got to go now. One year I went a week before Thanksgiving, and the and the, the clerk said, "Are you kidding me? That stuff sells out in October." Now Costco is bringing in Christmas trees now this oh, week. So be this is this isn't the good stuff. It's not even Halloween. Now I got a pair of jeans two weeks ago, fourteen bucks. I saw them for thirty dollars at, at a one price retail. That's the thing. It's the it's the thrill of the hunt. They do not have Ralph Lauren that I've seen so far. Okay. Keep us up on that. We got an opening bell five minutes from uh, now, followed by an exclusive with uh, Micron CEO Sanjay Marocha, who's going to join us right here on Squawk on the Street. Stay with us. Micron's down in the pre-market despite this fiscal Q4 beat. The chipmaker forecasted a current quarter loss that is wider than analysts had been expecting, but revenue guidance did exceed consensus. The company says it believes prices have bottomed out, sees recovery ahead for memory and storage, and as we've mentioned, we'll talk exclusively with Sanjay Marotra in a few moments, Jim, but they did push out a positive gross margin timeline. Yeah, and the, geez, the free cash flow is just awful. And what bothered me the most about this was that a lot of people felt they would say this quarter wasn't so good, but the forecast is great. Instead, you got this quarter was great, the forecast not great, which is why the stock went from 68 down to 64 at one point. Uh, I think we have to look. This is what we really have to grill Sanjay. Uh, I'm not saying he's that he uh, sometimes he's exuberant and sometimes he's overly exuberant and sometimes he's downcast. And we really need to see where he is because David, this is not a typical CEO. This is a CEO who is passionate about his business, as he should be, but sometimes he's too passionate, is my, my meaning it's a critique. What? Not that he's, I mean, he's coming on with us shortly, so. Okay, meaning, and this is what I want to know, and by the way, this is not negative. I mean, uh, you want people to be uh, yeah. excited about your company, but he is 
so uh, bullish about a bottom and yet so bearish about doing well after the bottom. Typically, a bottom means you get long. So we have to find out this is a conundrum. It's a riddle, and it's an enigma. Let's get the opening bell here. At the NASDAQ, it's going to be the Children's Museum of Manhattan celebrating its 50th. And then here at the big board, it's Equity Residential uh, celebrating its 30th listing anniversary. Helen Zell, uh, the wife of the late Sam Zell, doing the honors. And we think about Sam all the time. Sam uh, spoke truth. Power, even though he was power and always was a, a level of straight shooter that you made the sound. Let's say you put the sound up for Ken Langone, you put the sound up for Sam Zell because they're fearless. They were fearless. He was also involved in 12 IPOs at the New York Stock Exchange. In other words, involved with companies wow. that went public, 12 different companies. Uh, which I think is a record according to the NYSC. Sam I, I would just, I'd love to know what he would have said today about return to work, conversions, the difficulty in turning, you know, office buildings into housing. Mm -hmm. I mean, issues that he probably would have given a really good color and, and, and guidance on. Wasn't it great to have someone who was not afraid of saying anything? He clearly didn't play for dinner, obviously, but he would say things that I think a lot of us had on our minds, but we didn't think were. Uh, yes, one of those guests that you always want to listen to because they weren't. Uh, worried about what they said. They didn't have a general counsel in their ear or a head of corp comm. Uh, so Zell, Barry Diller obviously was just on, is similar to that, a Mark Cuban, and Elon Musk, guys who they will just, no holds barred. The lights. Always refreshing, regardless of whether you disagree with them or not, right. at least you know that they're speaking uh, honestly. Really missed. Uh, I always felt he came, well, he was the first guy to dress down. We were all wearing suits and he came casually and I always felt, by the way, if I lived in Chicago, he'd be my idol. I'd be like, not the Bears. You know, Michael Jordan, Sam Zell, right? Wait, where's the Nike? Nike should have a Zell. Oh, yeah? I was Nike. You know, Bank of America has a Zell. Yeah. We'll find out tonight, right? No, tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Tonight is, is uh, after the bell. Yep. I'd say the street's been, Jim, looking for maybe a reiteration of guidance as opposed to uh, any kind of guide up or down. I Look, this stock is so low that I, they have to say that the Chinese have stopped buying Nikes and they're buying another company. And they're not going to say that. What I do worry about with Nike is what I worry about with everything coming with China, which is that, I mean, Costco said China business is just fantastic, a great value. But Nikes are expensive. And that's what I worry about. They're expensive. Yeah, that, that's not... They, they cost a, a great deal. I hope they speak a little more about their exchange in about 10 o'clock when they drop a shoe. Uh, they've got such a cachet. But they tend to talk, uh, Donahoe's tend to sp speak very broadly and is not a classic athlete. No. And I mean, every, you always want to be careful, you know, they don't want to take questions. If they could have no questions about China, they prefer that. You know, because anything that they might get themselves, I mean, China any answer that might run afoul of the authorities there can always be a threat to the right. business in some way. Um, by the way, we should mention, I mean, Evergrande, it's been reported by others. Those guys are all they're all detained. Under, they're all detained. Yeah. But that stock has now been delisted as well. Right. This was the large property company that um, essentially went bust uh, not that long ago, but a while ago. It's been followed now by Country Garden, which there's a lot of concern about. I don't want to say it's in the same bucket because it has not gone, but it has potentially 
worries about default there. I remember during the great crisis in our country, the Justice Department called down, say, the bankers. And the one thing that the bankers were immune from, they'd always say, listen, we were stupid. You can't arrest us for being stupid. Interestingly enough, you get arrested for being stupid. In China, you do. You get, you get detained for... Uh... For stupidity. Now, David, when you're detained, yes. does that... What do you get to do when you're in China? No, you know, I was detained for three hours in China many exactly. years ago with our, our production team where we were doing the first Walmart documentary. They treated us very nicely. They rounded us up. They took us in a bus. They took us to the local pro- police precinct. They made us tea. Could you use it? And uh, they held us for about three, four hours. The secret police came. They took our tape away. I had to write a, uh, a letter of apology. And then they let us go. So it wasn't name, rank, and serial number? No. And it was uh, my producer, Glenn Rockheim's birthday. And the police captain gave him his belt as a birthday gift. To, so you to never know how your detention's going to go in China. Well, I mean, look, when, when my father passed away, the Chinese company, they sent us the royalties. I, I have that. to look, the individual people in China are our That's friends, OK? Forget the government. They're our friends. And I hate the fact that it's gotten to the fact that the government's in the way of, the, of, of, of all the people who want to go to Costco because it's great value, or all the people who like Starbucks. And it's a shame because a country of 1.4 billion, I think many people would love to be here, but we only have, we have so few trips. Remember down here we used to have great tourists? Yeah, yeah. They want to come uh, here. And why? That. Because we love each other. The people, of the, the people of China and the people of the United States would get along terrifically. The yep. government of China has made it so that that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, not many Trans-Pacific flights as of now. Speaking no. of the airlines, uh, JetBlue does guide to the low end, Jim. They cite weather. They cite air traffic control. They cite softer September bookings. It's once again an industry, and David used to talk about it all the time, that is no longer investable. Well, for many years, many years it didn't earn its cost of capital. In fact, for most of its years, and then that's changed because the government allowed. And then you allowed, had COVID, obviously, which has thrown everything go- out of whack. Look at that, four bucks. The government allowed a lot of these companies to merge, and this new Justice Department hated what happened during that period. Well, these guys are still trying to get the spirit deal done, right? Right. Um, on the deal front, I do have a, t- a, bit, a tiny bit of news, but I want to share it because we have been following this auction of U.S. Steel. I've mentioned right. it a number of times. Uh, characterized it as fairly robust with at least three bidders, uh, it would seem. Now, the key bidder, of course, in many views, is Cleveland Cliffs, which has been reluctant to sign a standstill, something that would not allow it to perhaps pursue replacing the board of directors if things didn't go its way, or then, therefore, a confidentiality agreement. What I can tell you now is they have. They've signed a confidentiality agreement, has Cleveland Cliffs, and they have signed a standstill as well that expires December 1. Um, and that's a very short standstill. Originally, they wanted one that would go to 18 months, obviously far beyond the window for nominating directors. And they brought it back. Now it's only 60 days. But it does allow them to participate in this process in which we believe ArcelorMittal is also a bidder and a, a Canadian oh, wow. company that is small but maybe getting some financial help from perhaps other parties in Canada called Stelco. And so, you know, we're going to keep monitoring. As I'd said, early indications of bids last week. Don't have much there for you, but now Cleveland Clips is fully a part of this process. Well, that is Having amazing. signed a CA and at least agreed to this short 
they very are short standstill that would still allow them to challenge for the board if they want if they want to if things don't go their way. I got him. Got to get him on again today, Lorenzo. Lorenzo Concalves. He's a, by the way, talk about guys who speak their mind. Total visionary. Yeah, he's not. He will if an analyst doesn't really know or if someone doesn't pronounce his name right or whatever. Yeah. He's, he's quick to, to uh, comment. I will say this. He's turned around some real dogs into very good companies, produces a tremendous amount of steel for the auto industry. A lot of companies that were given up on in towns, by the way, that uh, horrible towns in terms of fentanyl, in terms of, you know, the, the, just the... Every day, industrial company that closes and people right. just don't know what to do. Yep. This man has saved a lot of jobs. He's a very, very intelligent guy, and I think he could do U.S. Steel very well. Got some industrial M&A at Agco today. A little two billion dollar deal to buy uh, part of Trimble's Ag. Interesting. That is. Yeah. Jeez, I, I, I have uh, had them on multiple times, and I do think that they are the most advanced. Deer hold your ears. I think they do a lot of really good technology. Deer, deer does too. Remember, when you're a farmer, you really want to use a joystick on a tractor because you can't afford all these workers. So you know you can. I don't. Have you ever ridden a tractor and, and done corn? No, Jim, I haven't. I've done corn. We. I've done corn and, and hay. You know, just like this, and it's very hard not to fall asleep. <laughs> It's kind of like gaming. It's it like, is. It is. You, it's Grand Theft Auto, except for you're not killing it. Do you take your tie off when you're on the tractor, or do you keep it on? How do you wear a Brioni without a tie? You look like a jerk. Cintas has met its match with these. David, this is this is a two. This is a 170. Never mind. Wow. My, this might be steel wool for all I know. Talk about thread count inflation. Horrible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, you want to get to Micron? Oh, yes, I do. And let's just see before we go in, because it could turn, because we got a bullish tape, I think, in tech. Okay, so this shit, no. The shares of Micron are falling indeed, and that's despite beating the estimates for this quarter. But they did issue weaker-than-expected guidance, and this is a stock that trades on guidance. We really have to dig down this, because there's a lot of difficult cross-currents here. So I'm so glad that we have C- CEO Sanjay Marotra to join us now. Sanjay. It is a delight to have you on the show, but you know I've got some questions, and I think that you've got some answers. I want to know, point blank, why you say that there's a bottom, and then still talk about negative cash flow for the majority of the next calendar year, which I think is a shame, given the fact that if there's a bottom, I would expect to buy, not sell the stock of Micron. And, uh, our uh, fiscal year 2023 has been unprecedented in terms of industry downturn, severity and duration. Uh, however, Micron took decisive actions during the course of the year to cut down our costs, to bring down our capex significantly, and to reduce the supply. So now, as we are entering, uh, as we are in fiscal year 24, we are entering from the down of uh, the lowest part of the cycle, uh, ending in fiscal Q4. And uh, what's happening is that the supply cuts are there, demand is improving, customer inventory adjustments have been made, and all of this is resulting in an improving demand supply fundamentals. So pricing bottomed for us in fiscal Q4, and we have started seeing an inflection in pricing, and we think that the pricing will continue to improve from here on, particularly gaining greater momentum in the second half 
of our fiscal year. And demand and supply environment will continue to improve as inventories at the suppliers continue to improve as well. The key is that the supply cut actions that have been taken are restoring the health of the industry. Given how severe fiscal year 23 was, unprecedented in terms of the downturn uh, in, in uh, demand in terms of oversupply, in terms of the pricing, it will take us some time to restore the full health, to rest, uh, get to normalized levels of profitability. But what we said yesterday was that we see that second half of our fiscal year will be stronger in terms of free cash flow generation capability. It will be improved versus the first half. We are working towards getting to free cash flow generation positive by the end of our fiscal year. Okay, you and I have talked multiple times over the years, and I've been waiting for the moment when we're one uh, half a year away from where pricing can get better, because you and I both know that that's exactly when you buy Micron. So I see the stock going down. You're not a stock guy. You're one of the greatest manufacturers in our country's history. I am wondering whether, one, people are worried about China, because that is an issue, and two, people are seeing that you still have too much legacy product that is, uh, that is taking down some of the incredibly exciting uh, totally proprietary chips that you've developed. At what point do the latter trump the former and we say, you know what, this is the quintessential moment that you buy, uh, buy Micron before the ramp up? Uh, so first of all, uh, your comment on China. Uh, of course, the China Cyberspace Administration decision uh, in terms of purchases of certain mi Micron products in certain end markets, particularly data center and networking have impacted our sales in China. And of course, they are a headwind to our business. We have been focused on mitigating that effect in terms of allocating our supply to other global customers and parts of the segments of the end market markets that we address in terms of uh, those that are not impacted by that CAC decision. And we have been successful in mitigating some of that. And the net effect of that is result uh, shown in our FQ4 results, F as well as in our FQ1 guidance. And of course, we continue to remain committed to our customers in China, to our operations in China as well. And our goal remains that we want to maintain our global uh, bid share and our revenue share despite the headwinds that we are experiencing in China. And we are executing well in terms of mitigating that. Second part of your questions uh, around our technology position and versus you know legacy nodes. Micron is really proud to be a diverse supplier to all end markets, from data center to automotive and consumer and industrial markets. And our strong mix of product portfolio across our technologies is a strength. We are leading the industry in terms of technology. We are managing the ramp up of new technology nodes in the most capital efficient manner. We have been prudent in terms of managing our supply and maintaining the supply discipline. So we talked about yesterday that our latest technologies leading to high bandwidth memory, which are key to generative AI applications that we will begin to ship early in uh, calendar 24 and the qualification of those products in compute platforms as at NVIDIA is proceeding well. So this is an exciting product, it's an example of how we are leveraging our leading edge technology to really deliver what the market needs in terms of performance, in terms of low power, in terms of high bandwidth and capacity. 
Sanjay, um, I'm sure you know in the auto business, uh, there's been an effort to, to domesticate production, reshore, and that's being met with wage pressures uh, regarding the union that I wonder, or some argue in the auto business at least, it's degrading the incentive to domesticate that production. Is that dynamic going to happen in the, in the chip business as well? Well, I will tell you that uh, we have actually a large manufacturing facility here in Manassas, Virginia, and we manufacture our technologies and products that are needed for automotive markets and industrial markets in that facility. And of course, as you know, uh, with the CHIPS grants, we will also be expanding our operations here in the U.S. for leading as technology. And memory is a key element of the semiconductor industry and it will be a key enabler of supporting the CHIPS objectives. You know that we have announced our uh, plans uh, with the support of CHIPS grants and investment tax credits uh, in Syracuse as well as in Boise, Idaho for leading edge manufacturing. So of course, we look forward to the opportunities with the support of the CHIPS program in terms of bringing, bringing leading edge manufacturing here to the U.S. for memory while continuing to support legacy manufacturing as well, which is very important for automotive and industrial markets. And let me just point out that in the automotive market, Micron has been a market leader for several years. We continue to have number one market share position and the most diversified portfolio of products. So we are a very important partner to global automotive industry. Sanjay, it's David. You know, some of your investors may feel a little whipsawed by various predictions over the years. And I just, when you talk about pricing in particular uh, into the coming year uh, and seeing further improvement on that and the volume leverage in the business in the second half, I guess, how confident are you and what are you basing that on? Can you explain to our viewers who perhaps have seen you say these things in the past and just want to understand what underlies those, uh, those assumptions? So David, what I would tell you is that Micron has been good at projecting the industry trends. I mean, middle of last year, ahead of anybody else, we had started projecting the weakness on the consumer market, smartphone and PC markets. And uh, of course, we took proactive actions in terms of starting to cut CapEx, starting to cut supply utilization. So we stay focused on continuing to monitor the market trends and making adjustments in our forecast as well as our business operations as necessary. Uh, pricing has bottomed because the industry has made supply cuts. And these supply cuts have come in the form of capex cuts as well as underutilization in the factories. And that's putting, of course, a pressure on the profitability of the industry, including that of Micron. However, with the supply cuts that have been made and improving inventories at the improved inventories at the customers and increases in demand and reduction in supply and improving demand supply balance, that's what leads to improving pricing in the industry, which is of course very, very important for our industry. And we have seen an inflection in pricing and we are driving an increase in pricing in the industry because frankly, the prices that the industry experienced in 2023, you know, with the lows hitting in FQ3, FQ4 timeframe is unsustainable. It is not a pricing that can result in ability to continue to invest in R&D and manufacturing. And that's why my, with the supply curves that have been made in the industry, pricing has to return to normalized levels because customers very much appreciate the value of memory. Memory is a key enabler of all the trends as we look ahead 
in but terms but, of AI, Sanjay. generative AI. More AI means more memory. So, of course, strong source of supply is important, and we are confident and continue to drive the trajectory of pricing okay. increases, I, I, I given the supply-demand balance that's improving. Sanjay, I understand, but I'm not going to let David's question go idle. This stock was trading down, then up, and then Mark Murphy, whom I adore as your CFO, point blank, out of nowhere, says, based on the share count, we expect earnings per share to be a loss of $1.07. Right then, the stock drops. The whole narrative was positive until you got that. That's what people are complaining about, Sanjay, is that we feel like if you give us over and over again, and positives, and then you nail us with the loss, the stock becomes uninvestable. And David, that's what you were saying. Uh, well, uh, uh, Jim, I too adore Mark Murphy. We have a great team here at Micron. We are, of course, very much focused on driving the profitability improvements in our business. And as, as I highlighted here earlier, Jim, that 2023 downturn was severe in terms right. of, uh, you know, unprecedented in nature in terms of severity and duration. And of course, it takes a while to return from deep level of uh, low pricing that has occurred. And that's why we are very much focused on continuing to drive the improvements in profitability. As I said, it will take us a while. We did guide to positive gross margins in the second half right. of our fiscal yep. year and possibly even in the second quarter of our fiscal year. That means the a February quarter where we have guided to potentially positive gross margins there. And then that will start leading to the continuing improvement in financial performance. And right. we really do believe that we have here at least a couple of years of positive cycle in terms of recovery and in terms of profitability and revenue improvements in the industry okay. and for Micron. All right, that, that is very helpful. And uh, I, there were cross currents in the conference call that I did find positive, positive, positive. And then I just felt myself in the, grand, in the Marianas Trench of loss. And I'm glad you gave us a little bit more to uh, chew on. Sanjay Marotra, thank you so much. CEO of Micron always tells it as it is. Good to talk. Thank you, Jim. Before we go, let's get a look at uh, bonds this morning. Ten years still elevated, close to 467. A lot of data today. We've already got uh, Goolsby on the tape. We'll get Cook, Powell, and Barkin tonight. Claims were light, as you may know, 204. We were looking for 214 and pending homes in just about eight minutes. Time for Jim and stop trading. Sometimes you have a guest who can really explain a dramatic decline in the stock. Workday at one point was down 24. Now it's down 17. They did guide. They shaded lower. Uh, for some of the subscription products. And Neil Bush, who will be on uh, with the new co-CEO. And I've got to tell you something. Uh, Workday is a really fabulous company, and the stock's been straight up. So what we have to do is we really got to find out, and Eschenbach will be good, too. They'll be on at the same time. We got to find out whether this incredible enterprise software company has really stumbled. Because enterprise software has been the juggernaut until recently. Is it, is it um, a broader sign? Sorry for the economy. That's my worry. Well, we yeah. didn't really mention this Duke CFO survey looking at CFOs who were interested in cutting expense. I mean, your B2B enterprise software story has been pretty solid until now. Until now, yeah. And it's got me very concerned. Confluent was on business to business. It was very good. Uh, Cloudflare was very good business to business. So I don't want to give up on the thesis. But uh, I did find what 
uh, was said on uh, Workday's call worrisome, but maybe as we when we talk to Mr. Marotra, there are some nuances that maybe are being missed in this case. With, their, Mr. Sa- with, with Sanjay, it was very confusing because we all talk about how the bottom, bottom, bottom is in. That usually means buy, but the bottom is constantly being put in. With this, this company has been straight shooting. So maybe we can feel whether that stock is an overreaction downside. Remember, Salesforce traded at 238 after a great quarter, and then that was the high it got. So enterprise software is in the crosshairs of everyone right now. Just horrible. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Oh, yeah. Uh, a long day ahead. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. A little bit of chop here at the open. Dow's up 40. Uh, fair amount of sectors are higher, including financials this morning and healthcare. We're back in just a minute. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.